This episode of My Views Are My Own was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. Are you making a movie? Does it need sound? Then stop being a little you-know-whatty and go to williammitchellaudio.com. All right, my guest today is DJ Kids Meal, Jesse Shacklock, a.k.a. KDSML. He's a seasoned turntablist, DJ, and producer that has been performing in the Nashville area for over 20 years. Deeply rooted in hip-hop and electronic music, his DJ sets and original tracks span an eclectic range of genres. Hey, Jesse. Hey. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Thanks for being on episode one, man. Yeah, I know. I feel privileged. I wanted to uh, just do this one thing. I wanted to go, DJ Kids Meal! It's like... <laughs> You know, uh, that's actually one of my first questions, man, is why, uh, you know how DJ Khaled yells his name all the time, but you don't do that. No, I don't really get on the jump on the mic too much live or anything like that. Um, I used to be super shy on the mic, actually, and would never, ever shout out anything on stage or, you know, but um, and also I was going to say about that introduction. (laughs) (laughs) um i i it's actually just said kids meal either way everybody always calls me kdsml it's so funny to me because i think it's funny it's like a kmfdm dude yeah i thought about that you know of course like you know there's some similarities with that the look but um you know it's always said kids meal just to put that out there and you know I, I kind of know like who who's in the know by who says that. Sometimes it's, it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it, I mean it looks more tight that way. I just yeah, I, I, that's that. that's the first time I've ever said KMS I just like <laughs> I was reading that, so it kind of just came out of my mouth, dude. <laughs> no doubt, no no for sure, man. And it, it's an easy thing to read out loud, like in that uh, respect, but. Um, Man, uh, yeah, it's just kids meal, but it it always cracks me up when I hear people that don't really know much about me saying that, and they're convinced that that's you know how you say my name. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, go ahead and set it straight for everyone, man. It's kids meal. It's not. It's yeah, not a yeah. collection of letters. Yeah, it, I think it looks it looks cleaner, and you know we don't need vowels anymore. You know what I mean? We don't, man. This is the future. This is twenty twenty, man. <laughs> oh, I want to speak about twenty twenty because uh, especially. Uh, bringing it back to dj khaled uh there for a while man when this when this whole first this you know cor- like originally i was gonna have trying to ask you to come do this in person but we're doing this remotely because we're all all separated now but for a while i was answering my phone i was going dj covid when i'd ever answer the phone but then it stopped being funny so i stopped doing it <laughs> damn yeah <laughs> all right man so hold on one second uh so yeah i asked you to sh- come on the show because i wanted to talk to you about you and your music and your experiences but first i wanted to ask you some general questions about djs that i think a lot of people would just be curious about and i just want to get your take that's okay cool. all yeah. right man all right off the top of your head who do you think is the best dj in the world living or dead any genre you can't oh think you just gotta say it Let's just spit it out uh we're going in like this huh <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna hurt anybody's feelings dude until the next question <laughs> um Man, honestly, that's that's really tough for me to answer. Um, I mean, <clears throat> shoot, man. 
Yeah, this is this is a tough question, and it's not one of those kind of off the top things that I can just do when it comes to this question. Uh, say Steve Aoki. I, I could say <laughs> <laughs> there's just so many factors when you're asking that, and um, okay, you know, uh, not who's the best, but just who's your who's your favorite? Who's my favorite? Well, since kind of I started, it's always been I've always been really into DJ Shadow. Yeah, I love um, him, dude. And I got. I got the chance to play with him a few years ago and it was really a highlight show for me. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think that he just kind of is, is super well-rounded and very versatile and he's is he a cool uh, dude too. Like in person. Oh man, really cool. And he even said that he watched me for like 10, 15 minutes from backstage and was giving me props. I was freaking out inside. I, nice I was, man. I was, having a fanboy moment but not trying to fan out too hard you know, <laughs> you know i love that track he did with uh run the jewels that he did a couple of years ago man that was like oh, yeah you know he was he was super huge uh when i first got into like a lot of like hip-hop and stuff and then that was a great comeback moment you know when he came and did that uh, run the jewels track oh man i i love that song um and it's been used in tons of commercials now i've noticed and all different types of things so which is bizarre because that song is not supposed to be <laughs> <laughs> it's not hey check it out we're uh strangling the senate and uh buy a toyota <laughs> <laughs> all right uh all right, this this might be a harder or an easier question man but it's the same vein uh who do you think is the worst dj oh man you do <laughs> i know you're not a hater man so i know you're not, not gonna want to answer that you don't have to if worst. you don't have an answer i have an answer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, let's hear yours first, and then you no, know. no, you let's hear yours, yours first because I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I'm just saying that it, uh, uh, if you say yours, well, I'll say mine. I can't, I can't feel good about calling anybody out like that, um, man. I, I think, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work to be a good DJ, and it, it takes a lot of effort and practice. So, I, for sure, I man. Name any names, but the worst DJs are the ones that don't practice and don't care about their shit. Dude, that, that's exactly the DJ I was gonna. I was gonna say, uh, uh, DJ Tanner from Full House. Man, she sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's like the worst DJ. It's so funny that you said that because I've actually known two DJs you know, that have gone by that name before. Oh, DJ Tanner. Yeah. Why would exactly. you name yourself after the worst DJ? That's crazy. It was the homie Burke. <laughs> Burke Visual, he used to go by DJ Tanner. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, so I just I just insulted like a real DJ. Now I feel bad, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, full yeah. apologies to uh, the actual DJ Tanner. I, I was talking about a fictional character. Okay. Honestly, uh, you know who I really dislike from Full House was the was the uncle that did Popeye impressions. He was the worst, dude. <laughs> they should they shouldn't even have had him. <laughs> What was his name, Uncle uh, Uncle Joey? Yeah, yeah, Uncle Lame. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uncle Joey, <laughs> Uncle Lame ass. I mean, but both uncles are pretty lame. I don't know which one I would want less as an uncle. Yeah, <laughs> the other DJ named DJ Tanner was here in town actually, and I, I know I think that they, it was a duo, and they've changed their name now. Uh, it was DJ Tanner and Uncle Jesse. They went by. Holy shit! I'm insulting like a ton of your friends and real people. That's, well, I mean, I, that's what, but hey, my views are my own. And so that's like, it's, dude, it's, it's, it's not an insult. You're, you're this doesn't reflect about, you at all. You're talking about the OG 
DJ Tanner here, not not the people that have. No, I'm talking about like the like the little girl with the like the moosed up hair who always had like not real problems. Yeah, her biggest problem was that they lived in like a giant mansion in San Francisco and had like a really great family life. (laughs) I guess her biggest problem was like her whack neighbor, Kimmy Gibbler. I don't know if you remember this show. Oh, I remember. I always call weed that's got a ton of uh, stems in it. I always call it Stemmy Gibbler. Okay. I thought you were about to say like, damn, dude, I know a rapper that goes by Kimmy Gibbler <laughs> and he's the dopest. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm always like, that's that Stemmy Gibbler right there, you know? All right, man. I got a question here. This is kind of like a, you know, like a, what's the difference between a DJ and a podcaster maybe kind of type of question. And it's also like a little bit of history and also, RIP uh, DJ AM because you know I'm not uh, trying to joke on the fact that he did actually die eventually. But do you remember the that plane crash with uh, DJ AM and uh, Blink One Eighty Two was in the plane or like the drummer? Uh, yeah, yeah. The plane caught on fire and like uh, DJ AM survived and Travis Barker survived. And I guess my question for you is: Is that something that like only a DJ could do, or like could a podcaster do that? Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm following your question. <laughs> that, that's okay. That was a dumbass question, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm really confused. <laughs> oh no, that's cool, man. Uh, when I said get ready for journalistic excellence, maybe I was kind of like had like higher hopes about how I actually am going to operate than I'm actually going to do. Okay. Especially because what I'm about to get into, shit. The real questions for you don't start for another like two more. <laughs> but hey, if you don't mind answering a couple more questions, these are just for the kids and the listeners and people that have these like uh, curiosities. And these are my curiosities. Uh, just like I'm gonna base this one off your name. Uh, which restaurant do you think serves the best kids meal? I have an opinion too. So you you go, then I'll go. Oh man, yeah, I haven't actually tried. Um, uh, uh, you know, I haven't gone out and shopped the kids meals at different restaurants so i i don't know if i can answer this uh adequately but i always i don't know man i mean the classic is obviously the happy meal you know and you hell yeah but um, <laughs> as a kid that's what i was always into because they always had the great toys yeah it came with a toy and they yeah had the, always you know they had the best and it made you happy yeah um but um I don't know. I like as far as the branding and stuff, I, I dig the way Wendy's kind of has the, the logo that, you know, and I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, it's a hard question, but uh, I think I shouldn't have said restaurant. I should have said any kind of kids meal because on and we'll have to, you know, I'll go shop some kids meals and I'll, I'll have a. We also like we could have a later, we, you know, you could come back on the show either as a guest again or maybe a co-host and have maybe thought about this more. I thought about this a lot. I was thinking like, the only kids meal that I still eat as an adult are Lunchables, but okay. those don't come from restaurants, but yeah. I like, you know, that's something like I'll still, I still like whenever I got, they were like, hey, it's quarantine. I was like, Lunchables, man. Let me get a shitload of those. What about uh kid cuisine? You remember that? I hate kid cuisine, dude. It's like <laughs> the most garbage kids meal I've ever had in my life, dude. And you had to microwave it. And like, there was like a, a dessert and that was hot too. <laughs> it was yeah it was like one step away from basically toy fake food or something it know? really was it was like like salisbury steak like uh some loose corn kernels and like a hot like piece of fudge <laughs> like, it's the equivalent of hungry man for children or yeah 
<laughs> yeah, my grandma used to make them for me. She's like, you want a kid's cuisine? And I'll be like, ah, <laughs> I am hungry. <laughs> oh, that's like funny, dude. <laughs> Hold up. It's time for an ad. Is your driveway filthy or possibly your vinyl siding? Then maybe you should consider Seth's Power Washing. Seth doesn't have a phone right now, but he's usually hanging outside of the Shell Station on Whitebridge Road. If you don't know what Seth looks like, yell, Seth! Hey, Seth! Until he appears. Use promo code MYVIEWSAREMYOWN for 25% off your first power wash. I do, but hey, for real, uh, let's like let's go way back in the past uh, to like when you very first started DJing, and I, I met you a long, long time ago. So I, I remember like the first one of the first times I saw a set from you was at a backyard party. And it was super cool. It was like really fun. It was like it was summer and you were just doing it like on some uh, on a table in a backyard. But uh, like what like what was the you know, what got you started, man? Like, how did you get started? What got you into it? Um, I guess, you know, I've always been into rhythm and since I can remember since I was, you know, I, th- at three years old, I was watching Top of the Pops, actually, when we lived in England. And I what told- is that? Top of the Pops is like a music. It's a music show. Um, it's hard to describe. I, I can't really uh, put it into words right now off the top, but I saw a drummer on there playing and I was like, dad, that's what I want to do. So he got me a drum kit and um, I started, uh, I started getting lessons and um, I just, I was dedicated to drums. And then at 13, I got turntables. I was just wanted to scratch the same thing. And I, Start. I had a buddy in Atlanta. Uh, his name is Zach Mays, and he was the first set of turntables that um, I got to scratch on. And uh, it was a De La Soul record, I remember. And uh, I ever since I touched the turntable, man, I was obsessed. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, stop thinking about it. And finally, for my thirteenth birthday, I got my own set and. That was it, man. I just kind of locked myself in my room and was super antisocial during high school. And, um, you know, I, I just fell in love with it, really, and started um, digging for records. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I got started. And um, I would play, actually, at my church at the time. Oh, that's that crazy, dude. Gigs because I was the drummer. It was always me and my brother were the rhythm section because he played bass. So when I got turntables, I was like, well, it would be cool if I scratched in, in the worship, right? Oh, so <laughs> you had uh, like a cool church. Like, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a really cool youth group. Um, we actually had it at Rocket Town, the first Rocket Town. in. Uh, oh, so, hell yeah, dude. I was going to say, man, you were reminding me of like, uh, when you were talking about like getting into uh, DJing, like that reminds me of how I got into skateboarding. It was like, you know, yeah. one day I was like, I want to be a skateboarder. And then like the next thing I knew, like throughout the rest of my teen years and like all through my twenties, that's all my life was. There wasn't really anything else that I cared much about. So it's like, I can like, not from a music standpoint, cause my music's garbage, but, <laughs> <laughs> but from an obsession standpoint, point, I totally understand, man. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, I guess from there, you know, um, growing up, I just started playing random parties like that back, backyard party you're talking about and it would you know i'd show up with the turntables and just rock man i was all vinyl back then so yeah it was amazing it was was so cool five crates of records with me every time you know what i mean and i had all my records in order how i would play them and um 
it it was a different time back then man it's just thinking about it it seems so magical in my mind just because everything was organic and um you know it wasn't over commercialized or whatever so a lot of the people that would see me scratch anywhere i was scratching first of all i looked super young like i mean i look i look yeah. like you know <laughs> i looked way younger than 16 17 when i <clears throat> first came out and started playing so um um yeah um it, so you, it was did you always play the liquid smoke that were you part of that yeah, yeah, that was definitely. I think that that started in 2007 is when we started that. Yeah, that was fun. That was back when I was like, when I was like, still like rapping and shit. And like, they were like, that bar was so cool. And so they were like, if you got up and you freestyled, then you got free drinks. That like, that was their policy. Is that if, because they would just consider you entertainment. And like, I sucked at that time at like free, like I would write raps and stuff and like record with my friends, but like, I get up there and just struggle in front of a group of people and humiliate myself. But I was like, this is for free drinks. This is worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say, I remember you getting on, um, back then. Um, I, I know 24 seven. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was hosting it. Yeah. He would run the, he would run the open mic and he'd, you know, it was always no cursing and we'd have to like, you know, put a lid on it if, if people got too raunchy or whatever. So it was an interesting thing to figure out how to balance that. And, you know, there was no battling. It wasn't like, you know, it was a true kind of cipher kind of off the top. So it was really great when there were people that were real MCs and that could handle like, Hey, you can't cuss, but you could like, but Hey, you get free drinks if you do this. <laughs> and then you have people like me and I was like, Oh man, I can't cuss. That's half of what I was going to do. <laughs> exactly yeah i think i think you and everybody else was kind of ready to just to kind of get it tenaciously you know and and maurice would be like whoa 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 okay pass the mic you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you know, for sure because we're all like i mean we're all inspired by like coming up like i mean i think i'm a little older than you but you know like for sure being like super super like when i first started freestyling at the park when i was like 13 being like yeah. you know wu-tang clan and so you know like never even crossed my mind that I would ever have to like try and censor myself. You know, not that, you know, I'm not talking anything bad about what 24 seven was doing or what liquid smoke was oh, doing. It was an oh, yeah. awesome time, but yeah, it was like, it was almost more like uh, having the, the drive to get out there and be an asshole. <laughs> I think it's, it's good to have the rules though in place, you know, because stuff gets real out of hand at the open mics or it can, you know what I mean? You never know what might happen or, who's going to diss who and whatnot. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it can be, uh, it can be touchy, you know, if it gets off on the wrong foot. <laughs> Speaking of uh, but, uh, the showcases, man, and obviously I should have done research, but I didn't, <laughs> but like, were you one of the founders of Mashville? Uh, not originally. I, I played the first Mashville and, um, you know, it was, uh, I mean, I guess essentially then we're, we were all founders of it in that kind of respect, but, um, it was a couple of, um, different dudes that started it. Jeffro Bodine, Jeffro Bodine is the, is the name that pops in my head. And, um, there's another guy named Daniel and, um, local motion was the other guy, Brad Knight, though it was all of their kind of vision. They had me and Andrew Wicket on the first one and from there it just kind of all grew very organically and um i mean i guess i should interrupt real quick just because 
a lot of people uh, are not going to be living in Nashville. They're going to hear this. Uh, mm-hmm. Nashville was, uh, how would you describe it? It was a, it was a showcase. It was a hip hop DJ. It was just a great party. It grew from like a really small thing. Uh, and it became, at, at one point, it was absolutely huge. I remember, I remember the last Nashville I ever went to was, I mean, there was probably 500 people there. And it went from like, the first time I went to one, it was like 30 people. Yeah. And I think that that kind of started shortly after, you know, we were the liquid smoke days. So this is a pretty good timeline um, that we're on here so people can see when that was. But I guess about 2008, um, something like that is when it began. And it started out as primarily kind of a hip hop um, show and uh, just you know, it gradually changed into kind of every genre and just mainly, you know, mashups and different things and uh, combinations of genres and everything. Uh, but it, it, I started playing a bunch of electronic music up there. This is kind of in the blog house, electro house days when that started getting real popular. And um, uh, yeah, man, it, it, we had to change venues. We start, we started at the end. Um, yeah, remember, didn't you? Uh, you blew out the speakers there. I I don't know about that, <laughs> or 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 so I've been told. I don't know. I, that, I, that was a show I missed, but somebody was like, literally, like, "Yo, Kids Meal blew out the PA, man." <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember that. Um, <laughs> I usually I usually watch my levels and my gains, and I I try to be respectful to uh, sound systems when I'm playing. But there was a sound man. He's no longer with us, RIP, but... Yeah, I remember him, man. I played my very first show at the end, and that guy was my, uh, my first sound man. It was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a cool time, man. It was, that, that was a really cool time at the end, when that guy was the sound guy. He would always, he'd have that thick New York accent, you know, and he'd always go, watch your games, tough guy. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, uh, RIP for sure, but that dude was so rude to me so often, because I, I played a few shows there, and every time he would just, like, just treat me like I would, like... Like I was an obnoxious kid that shouldn't be on his stage, yeah. <laughs> which is fine, man. Because I mean, like, uh, I, think I was, was. <laughs> inside joke, you know. It's just he would always, he'd always give me a hard time. He'd literally pick up the mic during my set and tell me, you know, to turn it down. <laughs> I was not pushing hard. I, yeah, um, yeah, it's great memories, man, from that that time. Uh, DJ O'Rig too i was about to say I, I left him out of that before but he was one yeah, of is great man i love him yeah he's he's a great dude and good friend of mine man and uh but uh yeah so oh uh, uh actually man this this like brings me right back in like into my this was the, the, the story this is kind of the thing i wanted to prep you for a little bit which was right. uh like the only, the only question i even warned you about was just wanting to hear like if you could tell me like one of the wildest stories from one of your shows or being on tour, just even like that'd have to be the number one, but in the top 10 of what's like maybe some of the craziest shit that went down on one of your shows, man. Or even, even if you were off stage. It's yeah, it's kind of, um, uh, it's an interesting one. The, this, this story I'm about to tell you because, um, it's not really during a show, but, uh, we were i guess it started when we were playing a show because so like show adjacent we <laughs> that's all that matters <laughs> uh, this was uh, me and uh me and andrew uh dj wicket 
we we used to do a set called 20 fingers together that was four turntables and we we did it at this ice cold show that Tizea threw back in the day and um i think this is about 09 2010 maybe um maybe before i'm not sure but uh we after the show you know we we crushed it or whatever and there was this random dude i'd never seen before in my life his name was chris and he was really kind of you know um talking to us about doing a show and wanting us to play and do this set down in savannah georgia and he was saying that he knew dj lord from public enemy he knew oh that's always a great sign man when someone starts like dropping crazy names like that and telling you to come to savannah georgia <laughs> yeah yeah and uh but you know this was the time when we were kind of pretty gung-ho about everything we were just ready to go man we were you know just loving enjoying playing music for people and and kind of willing to jump on whatever kind of came our way you know <laughs> so, uh we, yeah, that's uh, how you grow man that's how you build for sure right yeah yeah exactly so we um i was like okay this this should be cool we'll just make it into sort of a road trip and i invited a bunch of my buddies so we've got like a full car my car is full and then andrew rode with this dude and his girlfriend and that's the random dude nobody knew the guy that was just like hey i'm I'm a promoter yeah and (laughs) i i can't really get into describing this dude so much but you know when you just feel something about somebody and you're like man something's not right with this guy like oh hell yeah man a good idea so, uh, <laughs> yeah so let's, let's get on a road trip with this guy that i have a bad feeling about <laughs> but yeah so we were we it, and it was me and all my best buddies in the car on the way down there and i felt so bad for andrew because he was just kind of stuck with them a couple that he had just met oh know? damn that does suck andrew got oh yeah i'm kind of like kind of missed that when you said andrew was stuck in the car with the random dude there's something wrong with and his girlfriend <laughs> yeah, i wouldn't say something wrong but you know what i'm saying it's oh yeah yeah it's, no it's sketchy it's <laughs> you know i usually have a pretty good intuition about people but uh i think what i think what the issue that you we're, we're having is that you're a really nice guy and you never say anything bad about people and <laughs> that's not exactly who i am so i like i'm just sitting here just putting words in your mouth and i'm like oh yeah and he was a sketchy asshole and he was a scumbag <laughs> and you're like no no that's not what i'm saying i'm saying he was just you know like we weren't sure about him and i was like yeah because he was a felon you know that's so i can see that's ha- what's happening i'm gonna i'm gonna back up off that and let you know what the story all right it's a good <laughs> dynamic here uh it's kind of good cop bad cop you know hell yeah dude lethal weapon man <laughs> bad boys <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the new one yet, but I want to. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. I feel you there. I actually really liked the Bad Boys movies. That franchise yeah. was cool. I was like, why don't they make a third one? And then they did. <laughs> they were always me and my bros, some of my bros' favorite stuff to watch, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we um, we stopped at a gas station on the way down there. You know, we're, all, we're almost to Savannah. And this is kind of the first inkling of when I got, like, okay, this is this something's really up <laughs> and I, I wasn't too sure what was going to happen at that point. And, um, so he, you know, we're both pumping gas or something and he comes walking over and he's like, man, I, you know, there's a bunch of house parties going on tonight. And, um, I think I'm going to call the cops on them and hand out flyers outside of them for our show. 
because I'm just worried about the turnout because, you know, I don't know, man. Oh, so I was right to call this dude a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't call him that. I did. It's cool. You said he's just, you didn't know about him. (laughs) This is still, yeah. I mean, this is still in my first impression time. And I mean, all my homies were bugging out too. We're all like, oh my God, (laughs) what is going to, what? You know, so, and just to give you some kind of uh, insight on um, who is with me is uh, you, you, I'm not going to say last names, but you probably know all these people is Nick and Lee and then Caleb and my good friend, Scott. Um, Yeah. Good crew, man. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you know, Nick and Lee for sure. Yeah. A lot lot of people I wouldn't want to see in jail for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he was talking about calling it on some random uh, random parties and handing out flyers. It was it was crazy. So, we yeah, that's were, one of the most bizarre promotion techniques I've ever heard of, man. So we get there. I should try we, that. Yeah, we were still trying to keep good spirits, you know, and like, okay, well, you know, this may go down. We may have a show, you know. So we got to anyway. But uh, we get there. We walked around Savannah and you know just enjoying it and we he's like okay you know here's the venue and we get there it's a sushi bar (laughs) walk in and they're acting like they're not stoked to see this guy i mean they were just um they're not they're 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 confused it's just while we were you know we're trying to load in gear and stuff and it turns out that he didn't even have anything booked. He just knew these people and was basically forcing uh kids meal and wicket performance. Did, on did they even have a stage or was this literally a sushi, a, a sushi restaurant? They had a tiny stage, you know, one of those kind of bar. Uh, okay. Is that's, you know, a couple uh, of yeah. like a, off the ground maybe or something or less. But, uh, it wasn't like he was just trying to like walk into a Panera and be like, yo, the show is happening. No, they did. They did. <laughs> stuff there but he didn't you know he obviously didn't book it or something and um so (laughs) watching him kind of get into it with this lady that was uh, you know running the restaurant or whatever (laughs) we're all just so confused and and like oh man this probably wasn't a good idea so we're you know we're all getting lit and just kind of having fun and just making fun of the whole situation at that point and um it was a blast. I mean, to say the least, this trip was great considering. Um, yeah. Like the, like the show wasn't epic, but I mean, it does sound like an awesome road trip with your homies. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got hurt, right? Oh, no, it was good. Yeah, that's all that matters. It actually brings me to, I'll wrap this up because, you know, it's, it, it's kind of lackluster when I tell this story. <laughs> I'm loving this story, man. Because <laughs> I've been in these like in these situations where I like listen to some goofball and I'm like, yeah, this will work. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I I get it, man. And you know, I give I try to give people the benefit of the doubt a lot of the time. I'm one of these people that you know, I, until you really do something, I, I'll it's all good, man. We're all. Here. I mean, you came on this podcast, dude. Obviously, you give people the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, hey, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to finish this up really quick because the next day, um, and this is the part that me and my homies always end up bringing up. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, we had mad weed in the car or whatever, and they're all smoking the whole time, and it was like some good 
diesel or something skunky smelling, you know, that makes that pungent kind of lasting weed flavor in the car that you just, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And way before uh, Georgia went legal. (laughs) Yeah. This is years ago, man. This is, this is before anywhere was. Yeah. Yeah. So this predates uh, uh, Colorado. (laughs) This was a 2010, probably I'm saying loosely. Uh, But uh, anyway, I mean, that predates Avengers infinity war. I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I I brought up, uh, I, I brought it up in the car. We're all, you know, we're about to leave town. It's beautiful day out. We're riding. um, And we stopped. Uh, at a light or something and didn't even notice there was a cop behind me and i said uh man it smells like straight marinating weed like marinated weed in here you know (laughs) and as soon as i said that no lie you know the siren went off you know oh damn it (laughs) i was like like, oh shit um and then the cop comes up and he took my id and looked at it he was like oh you're from you're from Franklin, Tennessee. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm from Franklin. And he's like, Oh, I have a great friend in the forest from Franklin, man. Um, and literally weed is just like, I feel like we had just smoked or something. Just billowing out of the windows. Yeah, I mean, not billowing, <laughs> but you know, it was definitely a pungent smell coming from my car. And, uh, he totally overlooked that. It was like, Oh, I got this great friend in the forest. And, um, up there in Franklin and you guys have a nice day and have a safe trip back. So, Hell yeah, dude. It had a happy ending. <laughs> yeah. It was a great story, you know, in that, um, I don't know, in that sense of we got out of, uh, we got out of a lot cause we literally all had paraphernalia and weed and all that. So yeah. <laughs> Which is so funny to think about cause like, like at that time, like that's like a, a harrowing tale but now in 2020 it's just like everything it's it's like now like last time i was in seattle people literally just walked down the street smoking blunts and like it, it's nothing like oh, <laughs> no one cares it's <laughs> different worlds out west now in, in comparison to here still i mean here you know i mean I, I guess it has loosened a little bit you know we've got cbd and yeah that's, that's an awesome thing that we've we've got but uh still um you know, I, I really think it should be legalized everywhere. So. I mean, dude, my brother lives in Tucson. He runs an entire dispensary. Just wow. Yeah, I think he really, really loves his job for sure. <laughs> skirt, skirt. It's time for Colleen's Crime Corner. At one point, the West Nashville Shopping Center housed a very profitable Logan's Roadhouse restaurant. Business was booming. Visitors frequented the restaurant during both lunch and dinner times. Families, couples, and singles. Everyone enjoyed this restaurant. And now, it's shuttered its doors. So what happened? How did a thriving business close to the public so suddenly, without warning? And what does this mean for the community at large? For our city, our nation, only time will tell. I spoke to locals to see if I could uncover more about this mystery. Apparently, that location was one of the 37 underperforming Logan's locations that were closed in the bankruptcy. This is a quote from Marilyn, a pillar of the West Nashville community. The bankruptcy? I asked. Yes, she replied. 
the bankruptcy of March 3rd, 2020. I did some research to find out what else happened on March 3rd, 2020. This was not a clue to ignore. What did I find? Well, Super Tuesday. Coincidence, maybe. Or maybe not. But as I dug deeper, I found that not everyone had fond memories of this Logan's Roadhouse. Underperforming? That's a nice way to describe my experience at that restaurant. That was Josh M. speaking. He didn't want me to share his last name, but he did share that he was glad the establishment closed, sharing that both the food and service sucked. Glad it's gone, he said. Maybe a good seafood place will move in. To Josh M., maybe that sounded like an innocent man expressing his feelings, but to me, it sounded like a motive. My interviews continued with another local named Janice. She also shared that she had largely negative experiences with the recently shut down Logans. But her disappointment didn't end there. If you think that service was bad, just wait until Popeyes opens, she said, before adding an ominous, if you live that long. While Josh expressed a motive, it sounded like Janice was issuing an actual threat. But that's just this reporter's opinion. Only time will truly tell Janice's intent. But there is some light at the end of this tunnel. Bethany T., one of my last interviews before leaving town, offered a hopeful message to all in the neighborhood. If you want quality fried chicken, you don't have to worry about whether the new Popeyes will open tomorrow, or next week, or anytime soon at all. You can just go now to the Publix grocery store deli, where they serve great fried chicken every day. Is the mystery of Logan's Roadhouse solved? Maybe not. But for now, thank you, Bethany T., for not letting us lose sight of what's important. This has been Colleen's Crime Corner. Stay safe out there. Thanks, Colleen. Now back to the interview. Oh, uh, hey, man. You might have asked a couple more questions. <laughs> Go for it. All right. Um, I'm going to get into like a little, little bit more of the more hard-hitting stuff before we uh, get closer to the end here. But uh, Okay. If you want any more stories, I got a couple other ones, but, uh, you know. We can go ahead through the questions. Let's 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 go through the questions. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we're gonna run. Out of, we're we're gonna run out of time, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm rambling on. No, dude. I had you on here to tell me great stories. You told me a great story. It just the the amount of time that I had allotted for the podcast is gonna be. We got time for some more. No, it's cool, man. Man, as soon as I ask you these questions, you're just gonna be pissed at me that I didn't just say, "Hey, tell me another story." But uh, have you ever gotten a J.D. Power Award for DJing? J.D. Power? Yeah. What is that? It's like that award they give to cars for being <laughs> good at cars. <laughs> Never mind. <I'll... laughs> well, do you think I get a J.D. Power Award for this podcast then? I mean... <laughs> oh, no, man. It's the first one, dude. I'm pretty sure a, a J.D. Power Award is a... You can just buy it. I think what happens is like they come out with a new Hyundai and then they buy a JD Power Award, and then they can just on the commercial. You never heard that in the commercials? I, JD Power uh, Award winner. Blah, 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 blah. Man, I, I I dig cars. I'm not saying that I don't dig cars, but I I'm not really into them. I guess or pay attention to all that type of stuff. I'm s- such in music land and art land, man. I'm, oh hell yeah, man! 
kind of just focused in all the time on that stuff. So, um, well, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do, man. I'm gonna skip this next really dumb shit question that I wrote and ask you to tell me one more crazy story, <laughs> if, if you will, if you if you have enough patience with me to do that. <laughs> it's up to you, man. It's whatever you want, but um, that's what I want. That's truly what I want. Okay. Okay. Well, I I'll tell you. Um, a story from a couple years ago uh it was really random and this isn't funny or anything really but it was awesome and i got to go to new orleans and play with one of my heroes uh cool keith oh my um, god that's amazing I dude i know i know and and uh so i was uh i was on the show with him in nashville at basement east and um before the show i had no idea um, what was about to happen. And I thought that I was just going to play a set and then DJ for a couple of buddies of mine during their sets. Um, and it was like Kosha Dills, uh, Wally Clark and, uh, LaRange was on the, the show. Nice. And LaRange, he, he'd already put out an album with Keith or whatever. And, um, but I, I was super nervous and, and, uh, I got even more nervous when I found out that I was going to have to DJ for cool Keith. Uh, oh, that, but that's like a dream come true though. Yeah, it, it, it was. <laughs> and, and, and it was just, it, it was amazing. Um, like a nerve wracking dream come true. He sent me all of his instrumentals and then gave oh, me the sick. thing and, and I was bugging out and I just kind of had to pull it off on the fly, but I ended up doing a great job and, I ended up DJing for just about everybody that night and playing my own set and everybody except for LaRange, obviously. But, uh, and, and, um, he, <laughs> so I had a blast and I ended up having to put together all these medleys live, you know, where they just play like a chorus or something, or, you know, just one little piece of each track. And it was, it was a challenge, but man, I, I, I had such a blast doing it. And, you know, obviously I'm, I've been into him, since i was young and um no you know uh, an interesting thing for me is that uh uh early on i actually had gotten into some of cool keith's aliases and i didn't know it was cool keith like i was just like oh yeah like i like you know whatever and like and finally like someone who was just like a little more you know well informed than me that he was like you know that all these people are cool keith and i was like oh, oh. <laughs> i had no idea <laughs> oh yeah so I, I i was bugging out you know to get to get to do this and they had actually been going through some rough times at this point they had just gotten in a car accident a couple weeks before and it was like one where the car flipped and everything so they had you know their manager was wasn't there he was still like recovering and all this stuff so um it was an interesting time, uh, but I, I felt like uh, I felt really good about the performance. And when I was getting off stage, he was like he was really stoked and it seemed impressed with with everything. You know, he was like, you know, we rocked it and you rocked it. And I was like, oh, no, this is it was tripping me out so much, you know, to hear him say that. And then he was like, you want to go to New Orleans with us? Oh, my God. Like, Hell yeah. What? <laughs> and then he's like, I was like, when are you going? And he's like, you know, Wednesday. So uh, I was like, of course, you know, I'm down. <laughs> down. So we, we ended up figuring it out. And um, uh, it was it was really cool. You know, I got to 
actually ride with a guy that was touring with him, James D. Um, James D. Conqueror. That was the other guy on the show. Tight. Uh, you know, honestly, I'd be stoked if uh, Cool Keith asked me if I could like carry his luggage for him. So <laughs> honestly, that's a. <laughs> <laughs> They, they took a plane uh but we we rode with james d it was me and nick um we actually borrowed his girl's car at the time to go down there because both of us both of our rides were not not equipped but uh yeah so we you know we get down there and i ended up meeting a guy named bars murray who's super funny man he's a super funny uh, rapper from new jersey and he was he's been on a bunch of stuff with keith and uh he knows simon rex really well uh who's a super funny dude man i'm always cracking up at him but uh he he was a funny he's bard bars murray's hilarious basically and i'll have to check him out man i haven't heard of him yeah he's (laughs) he's super funny guy uh he put he put uh he put me and nick up in an airbnb uh, which was super cool, man, because we really had no place to stay, and this was all spur of the moment. So, you know, it was a great first impression. I DJed for him down there, and um, man, just a really good time in New Orleans. I love New Orleans, New Orleans so much, and uh, it, it was it was a crazy show. And there was a dude in the crowd that looked just like Larry David. I, it was weird, <laughs> but uh, maybe it was him, dude. No, I, I walked out of the green room and I, th- I literally thought it was at first. And then I did a double take thing and he kind of shook his head. No, like, no, like I get that all the time, but he was in the front row and it was bugging me out. Like I was like, man, Larry David. Is- <laughs> uh, I do have one question. Uh, I feel like you kind of like answered it a little bit when you're talking about like DJs that are good and DJs that are like not performing necessarily as well, but it's just like, you know, just for like, just for kids coming up that are like, in the spot you used to be in where you're like, this is what I want to do. Like any, like, just like, I don't know, bullet point words of advice that like might be tight for those kids. Like, you know, what do you, other, you know, uh, just stay true to yourself. You know what I mean? Don't pay attention to what's going on and, and go in, not out. You know what I mean? Like just research what you want to and, and learn what you want to and, and be yourself. You know what I mean? Or I would I would add, and obviously like I'm not a DJ, so my advice is like carries less weight. But I would say like, and if a sketchy dude is like, "Yo, man, you want to go play a show in St. Louis, and you don't live there, but like it's an opportunity, but your boys can come too," then you should just do it because your boys are gonna be there, and it'll be all right, man. But don't do it alone. Don't go by yourself. That's my advice. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't I didn't mean to add in my own opinion. I just kind of thought like I should add a little. And, no, um, yeah. I got serious for a second when I was talking about that. But, no, I uh, wanted you to be serious. And then I also thought, I was just thinking back on your story and I was like, hey man, that's something that someone would tell you not to do and it ended up being like a blast. So, you know, you got to live your life. <clears throat> All right, man. I got to say, we end, uh, we end every episode with the same question for every guest. And it's good you said you're a car guy, right? Or a little bit you like cars. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Uh, what do you think is the best mid-sized car on the market right now? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have any opinion? <laughs> I'm I'm not in the market for a car, man. I I kind of I, I you know I'm lucky to have a a car, dude. I I does it have any JD Power awards? No, no. Uh, all right. 
Well, <laughs> well then that, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't answer you the car questions, man. Uh, man, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. This is episode one. Uh, clearly I got a little bit of kinks to work out in my, uh, interviewing style, but this was a blast dude. And I hope you come on again someday. Yeah, definitely, man. And when this quarantine's over, man, I intend to be at the next show you play. So, yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. And I, and I can't like everybody else. I can't wait till this is done, and then we yeah, can all be together. For sure, work. man. And I always enjoy your shows. I've always enjoyed your music. <laughs> Absolutely, can't wait to see you in real human life and not on a computer screen. Right. Thanks and, so uh, much. Uh, what's uh? I'm playing uh. Playing uh, us out on a track that you created, uh, Ice Level. Yeah, that's a new one on uh, the Chill Bumps mixtape. It is a it's a collection of different artists from Nashville. Sick, dude. Well, uh, just so everybody knows, we are, or I mean, not we, Kids Meal is playing us out with Ice Level. Cool. My views are my own. Would like to thank Bill Mitchell, Colleen Gilligan, Anonymous Donor, and have a great day.